0: Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. It is officially summertime, and we're ready to talk summertime beers, backyard barbecues. It's going to be a good time. These are a few of our favorite things. I am Tim Dennis. Brian Hewitt, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good.
1: Looking forward to talking about barbecue, beer, and everything about them that makes them great, and anything else that starts with the letter beer on. The letter beer. (laughs) The letter beer. Or the letter B. But uh, yeah. what doesn't start with the letter B is Mo Mike Nate, and he's here. How are you
2: doing? I'm doing well. It sure does not start with it. Uh, I'll be looking forward to exploring some uh, summer beer and barbecue pairings and learning about who is the number one barbecue city for the country.
0: Mm. I don't know. It's highly contested, and I bet a lot of people would uh, would lay claim to that for sure. I'm Y'all, sure. before we get rolling here, we do want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Hunter, Anru, Hunter, thank you so much for supporting the show. We we greatly appreciate it, and, uh, yeah, glad to have you on board now. so Brian, summertime, we're going to talk about a lot of beers, but it's early in the summer season. Do you have an early contender for favorite summer beer?
1: I think that uh, part of me wants to say German Pilsner, but I really keep finding myself being excited by Kolsch. Uh, like, I just, I see a Kolsch, and I, I was like, ooh, I really I really want a Kolsch. It just kind of struck me how much I really, really enjoy this style. Like, I, I knew it was good, but it just it clicked for me at some point this year, I think. So, a Kolsch, probably.
2: A Kolsch right now. How about yeah. you, Nate? Anything sticking uh, out for you? You know, to be honest, I've been drinking a lot of Czech Pilsners lately. Um, finding a lot more of those in the market. And so, they're really clean, crisp, and easy to drink, especially when... We're not quite as hot as Texas, but here in Georgia, we're hitting 95, 98 this week. So the clean, easy drinking Pilsner is my go-to.
0: I tell you, I, I think I have to stick with Nate. I'm I'm all about, I, I'll take them all though. Coles sounds good. Pilsner sounds good. I'm not sure if I'm ready to pick a favorite because either of those would be totally okay with me. I have been drinking a lot of uh, redneck Micheladas. Uh, you know, what does the Midwest Michelada? That's what I said I would call <laughs> it, which yes. is... Essentially, you know, a spicy V eight and uh, just a lager thrown in there, some salt and pepper. If it's invented in the South, can you call it a Midwest? What did you call it? A Midwest? Uh... Well, see, these were invented in Nebraska, so this oh. is this is where where I first discovered them. So I think I think Midwest Michelada uh, works. I think I can do that. I think I can. Oh, okay.
1: I was thinking that you had come up with your own particular spin on it, and so. If so, that were the
0: case. I'm it- going to attribute this to the tomato, what my dad called a tomato beer, which was basically just tomato juice beer. And he typically put salt and pepper in it. And he also liked to shove a celery stick down. It. And he just called that to- the tomato beer. I don't think he used V8. I think it was strictly tomato juice. Uh, but I, I think my variant is close enough to what he did that it counts. Okay. Yeah, what is and your
1: variant? Do you want to reveal the secret recipe? Yeah, or? I,
0: I just did the V eight juice as oh, opposed so just to V8? tomato as opposed to tomato juice. V eight juice.
1: Oh, I thought you were using uh, a mixer from. Uh,
0: no, nope. oh, what's no? Nope. Nope. I did get now. See, it's the Midwest make a lot of Brian Is you can kind of do your own thing with it because I did at one time get some fever tree bloody mary mix. That's and one. I was using that, but I'm okay with just a can of V eight. And then I add a little bit of salt and uh, crush some fresh prep pepper in there, and I'm good with that as well. Okay. I
1: still haven't tried that. I, it's been on my yeah. uh, radar of things to to try out so
0: sounds good? Yeah cool. yeah, good stuff. Well we are going to get into kind of a list and a, a list of some typical summertime beers. and with anything though you know, it comes down to what do you enjoy? If it's something you enjoy, we did an episode a couple years ago, stouts are for summer. But there are some that are a little more appropriate for the hot weather. Maybe you don't want to be out in 98-degree heat sipping Imperial stouts. I mean, as much as I love a stout in the summer, I don't think I would go that far with it. But uh, we're going to start off with our beers of the week. Once again, we want to thank our friends at The Nest for sponsoring this segment. Craft Beer Barbecue in downtown Kennesaw. They've recently announced that they've lowered some of their prices. They said they're doing this mm-hmm. to help their neighbors, to make it a little more uh, affordable to go out to eat. They had a couple of lunch specials that were extremely cheap. People said they love the lunch specials. They'd love to see them more often. So they're putting them on the regular menu. They said there may be a slight variance there, but those, I need to verify. I think these were like 10 to $12 or something like that for, for a meal, which is a great price these days. I mean, uh, you go to McDonald's and get a large combo, it's going to cost you more than that a lot of times sure so, yeah you know but the nest has got some uh new deals there on uh barbecue uh th- there's tacos on there and stuff so you know just a lot of good stuff at the nest plus a ton of delicious craft beer and they are guaranteed to have a lot of really nice summery styles on there so the nest kennesaw georgia go check them out take advantage of those specials save a little money you can spend it on beer well this week a good variety with good variety we've got here nate Nate, you're coming out with some uh, some macro action. You got a little dos Equis especial with lime and salt. That sounds summery. Lime and salt's a summer flavor there. Sierra Nevada Summer Fest. I knew that would have to make an appearance mm-hmm. in this episode. They threw summer right there in the name for us. Westbrook Key Lime Pie. I believe that's a riff on their Goza Key Lime Pie Goza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is, mm-hmm, Nate. Yeah. So Key Lime <laughs> yeah. Pie Goza, sour. <laughs> Uh, fruited sour there from Brian. He is rocking some Three Taverns beeps, which we tried to get Brian to spill the beans on that. Brian Purcell from Three Taverns when he was on our show last week, but they had a uh, media blackout for the official release date. But that's an American Light Lager. He's got Oyster City Mangrove, which is a mango Pell L, as well as Dead Words Timberline, which is a West Coastish yeah. IPA. So. Me, I've got a little Oyster City Tate's Hellas, a Hellas Lager. From Liability Brewing, I have Stainless Steel Magnolias, a Kolsch, because as we said, that's a great one. And actually, Brian, just today I got a box of beer, which I always love to get from Good Supply Beer Company. They have their Easy Lager in there. It's a new one coming out. That's from Tilray, Tilray Group. And if you don't recognize Tilray right off, that is uh, Sweetwater. There's... There's weed, there's beer, all the vices are in there, but this is uh, something from the Tilray Company. Good supply, beer, easy lager, 12-pack of 16-ounce cans. So you got plenty of drinking to do. I'm sipping on that right now. It's, It's really, it's just a classic lager, classic light lager there. So perfect for the summer. So, Brian, as we talk about these, we've covered a few of them, but when you say summer beers, what are some of the styles you think are are hitting for the summer? Well, I think you've got to immediately give credit to the macros, the
1: American light lager. That's always going to be a classic for the summer. Um, any, kind of a, any kind of Pilsner, German, Czech, any, from anywhere, is definitely something that people are going to be enjoying. Like I was talking about the Kolsch, uh, that's increasingly more popular, and we're seeing more and more places doing Kolsch service. And they're not doing it so often in the colder months. It's usually warmer months in the beer garden, so it's a it's a good hangout, lighter, enjoy, nice warm weather uh, kind of beer. So, um, you know, one that's a uh, not not a bad call either is a a goza or maybe even a Berliner. They're you know, a little lighter, they're brighter, effervescent, uh, lower ABV typically. So those would be really good in the summer. And uh, I I like a. I like a pale ale, like a Sierra Nevada, almost any time of the year. But uh, th- those are easy drinking, and those are a no brainer for any backyard barbecue. You know, I don't sure. think anybody's going to be mad at that. And uh, you could go session IPA or even you know proper IPA. You know, if if you wanted to. But uh, the one thing that I saw recently mentioned, and I, I know Tim and I have talked about. Hold this. Hold on, so,
0: I think you're going to go too deep there, Brian. Am I, I going mention too deep? One other thing. Would okay. Could, so I think we need to throw just. In general, the macro lagers out there, if we're talking summer beer, you know, when uh, if you're at a backyard barbecue and there's a cooler full of ice and there's beer in there, even for the craft beer folks, you're likely going to see some of those macros in there as Brian holds up his big boy of hams beer. So I I think that's something I, and especially in America, I really think that says summer beer there is to maybe not bud light this year, but you're going to have your (laughs) Miller lights, your Coors lights or maybe your your hams in there some heileman's old style depending on where you are but i think summer i think Macro loggers it, it's a summer beer for sure but oh uh, yeah you know sometimes brian i want something a little different so is there anything on the horizon that may be a little unusual for summer beers
1: yeah so vine pair and we were talking about this earlier so i it's it's an interesting thing so they're saying vine pair saying that uh, rocket pops or bomb pops depending on how the 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 popsicle flavor the beers based on those or playing homage to those are having a big moment right now. And I guess they've been growing for a bit. There's an explosion of them on the market. Uh, the trend is thought to actually be kind of a, the fallout from a COVID where people were looking for comfort and nostalgia. And it's hard to argue with the comfort and nostalgia of a, of a Popsicle. So if you can drink a beer that tastes like the Popsicles you had when you were a happy little kid before COVID was ever even a thing, uh yeah, I could see why you'd go you'd go for that. It's uh though it it's its popularity is such that uh this is kind of a surprise to me. I had no idea. I don't see them around that much, but I guess in some parts of the uh, the country there's actually competition to see who gets theirs out to the market first. And there's already been some conversation about it being compared, these bomb pops being compared to the, the pumpkin beer like uh blow up in basically the mid two thousand tens where everybody was earlier and earlier with uh, releasing them and there's a competition competition to get them out to the market. So uh, it might be a little early to call that though. Yes, Tim.
0: I'm calling BS on that one. I think that's marketing. I don't believe anybody is chasing to get their bomb pop beers out. I don't, I don't believe it. Vine pair. I'm not buying that one. I'm not even sure I'm buying the COVID fueled thing. Uh, I think there's some marketing in this. I think I want to dig into this article more and see if one of the places making a bomb pop beer it has compensated vine pair for this to hype mm. up the beer because now it's
1: possible yeah and maybe the uh, that person it has a bias towards them like sees them and says maybe if i write a very glowing thing and make it into something i'll get them everywhere i don't know i could see that possibly being a thing i read through the article it mentions a number of different companies Weldworks is doing it do claws doing it untitled art Boulevard was mentioned, Twisted Tea is mentioned and I think the Twisted Thea Tea thing was kind of the canary in the coal mine so to speak of this being a bigger thing when you get something like Twisted Tea making a version of a Rocket Pop then suddenly uh suddenly everybody starts taking notice I guess and we've we've had a few breweries locally that have made them so uh yeah I don't know it's not it's not been a thing that I've seen take off here but then we have a logger scene that I assume is the same for everybody but people talk like it's not so i don't i don't know if this is a regional thing maybe a
0: uh i don't know
1: another place i, don't know. I have no idea
0: but yeah, i uh, don't know i'm not i'm not buying it though i'm okay with the rocket pop beers i bring them on you know because i've had some tasty ones that that would be you know totally fine with me i'll just eat a popsicle though i remember those mm-hmm. uh I forget what they're called now, Flavor Ice, spelled like F-L-A-V-O-R Ice, but the ones in the plastic there.
1: Oh, yeah. I love those. Those are plastic
0: tubes. So
1: So is that your favorite? Do you have a favorite Popsicle flavor or that particular maker or format of the Popsicle is your favorite?
0: I think it would be a – I really like lime popsicles. I would almost say (laughs) grape because I like grape in most flavors, but if I had to pick a favorite Popsicle flavor, I think the lime – when, really, it, it hits the spot for me. What about you? You know what? How about before I do it, Mo, Mike, Nate? You haven't said
1: anything. What do you think? You were you into popsicles?
2: Oh yeah. So those popsicles that you know the the skinny plastic tubes that cut the inside of your mouth. Uh, my favorite was blue. The,
1: the blue yeah, blue <laughs> flavor, which is a my flavor.
2: favorite. Yes, my favorite was blue on those. Absolutely. And,
1: and I read that that's supposed to be like a raspberry, like blue raspberry, and they did that to just differentiate the raspberry from cherry or something like that. So they made it blue for some reason and that's, that's hung on, but
2: yeah, because usually your options were blue, red, yellow, or purple. And I think green.
1: Yeah. Green would have been the lime. So I would, I'd be inclined to agree a little bit with uh, Tim on the lime one. I did like that the times I had it, but honestly, the orange was always my favorite. And really when we were getting them, I think we had orange, grape and cherry. And I always liked the orange the most. Those went the quickest, and I was always jealous of people who either got the fudge sickle or the creamsicle because those are the ones you really wanted as a kid. But you settled for the other ones, and uh, the grape and the cherry were always like, "Oh man, those are the ones that's left." I just always wanted the orange one. So citrus, a popsicle
0: with citrus would would have been my
1: my first choice. Brian so. talking
0: fudge sickles and stuff. He bringing that gourmet up again, mm-hmm. yeah. so. We got a few comments here, y'all, on summer beer, so let's let's catch this really quick. Patrick, I see your comment. I read it, and I'm going to ignore it on air, so FYI. <laughs> uh, Tyler, yeah, by the pool and join a cream ale. I believe in Tyler's in Texas, and I do believe it is 136 today, I think is what I saw. So he's by the yeah. pool, just got him a, th- a steak thrown on the sidewalk, and that'll get him a nice medium rare there. So he should be uh, just good. Cream ale, perfect, perfect for that. I think I saw Stephen Pete from Kettle Rock. He mentioned Jenny Cream. Absolutely, man. I would go I could go for a nice Jenny Cream ale right now. Amberell's Helles Lagers, Northeast IPAs, Hefeweizen's, all a bunch of really good choices. So, uh the Duclaux Sours that tastes like a Bomb Pop. Yeah, Duclos one. And Brian, did you mention the brands here? Did you get to that part with the brands? Did I I mentioned that? a few of so, them. I didn't
1: go okay. over the the full listing, it's like Weldworks, Duclaw, Untitled Art, 450 North, Urban South, Boulevard, Twisted T, those were the big names, and I'm sure there are other regional deals doing it, so uh, I know we've got a few locally, so uh, yeah. there's a lot of them out there if you search untapped.
0: And you know, I'm not, Patrick Doyle threw in Guinness as a summer, I'm I'm not mad at that, go for it, you know, do your thing mm-hmm. if you... It is a fairly lighter beer. It's not always looked at that way, but uh you know it's definitely something you could you could have a few of. If it figures into a rub for for any
1: kind of a barbecue perhaps, and I think that sometimes Guinness is, maybe I'm wrong on that. Like
0: I I think it could be something you drink too. I don't know that it gets marinated possibly. You know, you can do a nice beef stew with that. It makes for a great braise, brings that, you know, that rich maltiness to it, so I have definitely done a stew or like a brown gravy roast with uh, with Guinness there, for sure. So, you know, something else these popsicles would go for, they make a nice dessert after a backyard barbecue. And I think if you're drinking beer in the summer, there's a good chance at one point or another, you're going to fire up a grill. That's uh, Nate, tell me about your childhood. Was barbecuing a big part of that, family barbecues?
2: Uh, less barbecues, more just grilling. Um, we would frequently have, you know, pork chops, ribs, wings, chicken breast, you know, your usual meats, and then uh, doing some nice barbecued corn on the cob. Uh, See, hanging out. Go ahead.
0: No, that you bring up a good point. I said barbecuing, and I was using the generic barbecuing, which kind of uh, grilling falls into that, as opposed to like you know fire smoke meats and that. You're like, we didn't really do barbecuing, just grilling. I know to some people, those are two different things and they get bothered if people use them as the same word. But, uh, but I feel you, Nate, you fired up the grill, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good times. That's, you, you know, I think with us, uh, I know people who have to have chicken ribs, this and that burgers and dogs. I was always mm-hmm. good with just burgers and dogs, especially if you were just hanging burgers and dogs make for a great impromptu barbecue. Like if you haven't planned it out, you haven't marinated your meat, you haven't dry rubbed it down, you're like Friday night. You're like, hey, do you guys want to get together tomorrow with some beers and fire up the grill? Yeah, I'll grab some burgers and dogs. I'll get some brats. I'll get some sausage. You know, it's easy for Brian to get some chips, for Smalls to grab some potato salad, for you know to get burgers and buns, and mm-hmm. and you're ready to go. It, it's very easy, and I love it. I think just the getting everybody together for a good time, but. Who doesn't love a good hot dog or hamburger off the grill, you know?
1: It's great. You know, there was an entire chain of restaurants, I don't know if they're still out there anymore, but it was like Backyard Backyard Burger, I think, and the whole premise was to replicate the best backyard burger. So it, it definitely got the the charcoal grill or you know that that flavor in there which is unmistakable. I liked them a lot. I I don't I haven't seen one around in a while, but uh I could I could see the appeal to that, so it's it's hard to beat. Uh, yeah, I would love a steak, and I would love a, you know, a smoked brisket or something like that. But I'll take a sausage or a hot dog or you know all of the above—a bur- a burger right off the grill, a little bit of uh, American cheese on top of it. I'm fine with that. That'd be great. I'd be happy with that.
0: Was that a part of your childhood, Brian? Were you were you a grilling family? We had uh,
1: not too much, but we did have that little. I don't know if it, I don't know if anybody even still uses them the little tiny were they habachi the like, small like two-sided yeah. type of things right. and you could maybe put a burger or two on each side so that got used a fair amount in the the, the very uh the broken down apartments we we lived in so that okay. we did yeah we'd have friends over and that would occasionally get used it seemed like more of a thing when i was younger and as everybody got older and more lazy it just didn't happen so you know maybe we'd Go to McDonald's or something like that if we wanted a burger. But okay. those are were you fun. talking?
2: Are you talking about a George Foreman grill?
1: No, 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 oh. no, no. It's it would be you'd fill it with charcoal. There'd be like two sides to it in like uh little containers, basically, and a grill on top of them. And you'd uh, you'd burn uh you'd burn the charcoal underneath it, and you cook right on top of it. So yeah, it was uh it was a proper tiny little grill that you could put on a tiny little concrete patio slab behind your tiny little apartment. It
0: was. But it was. It worked. It did. It did the trick. So, it was a box with fire that would cook meats, right? Yes, <laughs> that's that's really all you need. That's really all you need. We all, if we're going into backyard barbecue, we have some suggestions for pairing here, depending on what you're getting into. There's a, uh, you know, again, as I said earlier, there are some guidelines to pairing things. Compare uh, complementary flavors, contrasting flavors. You know, the body that you get compared to the food that you're eating, but it really breaks down to you. Do you enjoy drinking what you're drinking with whatever you're eating? So, you know, there's no rules here, but there are some guidelines. If you don't, you know, don't know what you want to go with looking at pork products. Let's say ribs, Brian, for me personally, for one thing, ribs can be served a couple different ways, And the rubs that are put on there with the way that they're prepared can change what you want to pair with the beer. For me, if I'm doing dry ribs, it's maybe just a nice dry rub and smoked meat. So pretty much the flavor I'm going to get is that seasoning and, uh, and the meat itself. I may go with a porter, like a lighter porter. Bring those roasty malty notes in that would complement the rich porkiness and the smoked flavor. But if you're giving me wet ribs with some sticky sauce that you've caramelized on there, which I dig as well. I'm totally good with those as well. Actually, I'd probably prefer those. My preference would probably be for some sticky, wet ribs with a good layer of sauce on those. I'm thinking a goza would be really nice. You've got that, you know, you've got the wet, sticky sauce there, the molasses, the caramelization flavors on there. A goza is going to be tart, a little bit of saltiness will kind of clean that palate and ready for you to get another bite of those wet and sticky ribs. So, those are my suggestions if we're going ribs. I'm gonna say if you got dry rub ribs, get you a porter or something, a, a brown ale, a porter, a lighter stout, something like that. Uh, wet ribs, I think a goza would go really nice with them. Maybe even a fruited goza if you got something that, uh, you know what, do your little cherry barbecue sauce, base that on the ribs, find you a cherry a cherry Berliner Weiss or a cherry goza, and, and rock and roll. It's gonna be the greatest day of your life, I'm sure of it.
1: How about Tim? Either a creek with the cherry possibility or because i know that uh just pork in general and honey go to- well together a braggot. we could get a little of that yeah. honey sweetness with it i was thinking uh, i've been thinking about uh where would uh, honey fit into this cuz a little bit of that in beer and uh the braggot idea seems promising here i am not 100% sure it would it would depend very much on the sauce or the rub or the whatever but a, a creek i could see being good after what you mentioned or even uh I forget what they call the uh, like the peach one. There's a there's a peach lambic, and I forget what the name of pesh is. That pesh that would be, pesh.
0: Peach, yeah. yeah, there we go. The pesh. Yeah,
1: one of those two might be a lot of fun with with pork. So something
0: I'm, to I'm keep down in mind. with That yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. Absolutely great there. Um, if we're going on, let's get beefier, beefier, get beefier. Brian. All if right. we're throwing down brisket, I know you are a a beefy guy. You're beefy, Brian. indeed. So, if I've got some nice smoked brisket, what should I throw down with that?
1: so with uh with smoked brisket, the the thing that I think of with that is I want my brisket smoky and, and all, you know, like heavy on the smoke as much as possible. rock beer. That's, why, that's what I'm thinking. But I understand that some people do not care for that, that level of smoke, and I was thinking, really thinking the Schlenkerla uh, marzen. They uh, they have a variety of them. You could go maybe lighter. I think they've got a a smoke logger as well. I don't remember if it was if that was what it was specifically called. But alternately, maybe something with a little bit of light smoke and a little bit of sweetness, like a, a like a Scotch ale. And I was thinking specifically mm. Monday Night's Drafty Kilt because there is an element of smoke still in there that would be complimentary. But and that's also a really good beer. And I think it could hold up to a good beefy brisket, perhaps. So those were my thoughts. Did uh, Either of the either of you two have other thoughts, Mo, Mike,
2: Nate? Perhaps. Uh, no, I actually agree with everything you said for brisket. You know, I would trend closer to the Scotch ale uh, than the Rosh beer because you know my thoughts on that <laughs> style of beer. <laughs> yeah, but not... yeah, I think. Go ahead. Now, go ahead, Nate. I was going to say, I think I think the Scotch ale will complement a brisket very nicely.
0: I. I am totally opposed to the rock beer existing at all, <laughs> and like a, at all. uh But totally agree with you. A Scotch L, especially the Monday night drafty kilt, knowing that beer really well and the flavors that it has, I think that would go extremely well with a, a nice smoky brisket. So, yeah, I'm I'm down for that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Nate, so do I'm gonna we... throw this one. No, I'm throwing the. I'm gonna throw this one mm-hmm. to Nate. Um, since you're our our resident chicken fan there, if we're grilling up some chicken in the backyard, let's say barbecue chicken, sweet, sticky barbecue sauce in there, what, what are we drinking with that?
2: You know, I really think it depends on the sauce, whether it's going to go a little sweeter, or it's going to go a little uh, spicier, but I think it's just tough to go wrong with a classic paleo like Sierra Nevada or even something um, as timeless as Bell's Two Hearted. You know, I think like, that American uh, IPA is just, it's tough to beat, you know. It, it, it's very versatile, and whether it's a sweeter side or a spicier side, I think this clean, classic IPA is it's a good good direction to go in.
0: Okay, I can't argue with that. You know, one of my favorite things in the backyard barbecue is sausage. and you know, Whatever kind it is, you know, andouille, smoked sausage, bratwurst. There's a meat shop up for me called Haywood's. That does a cheddar worst, which is a bratwurst stuffed mm. with cheddar, and they're just they're they're stellar. But if I've got some sausage on the grill, I think I'm gonna go for a cream melon. Just just like Stephen Pete said a little earlier, if I can get a Ginny cream, I'm gonna be all about that. That's definitely gonna go well. And Brian the culture we were talking about earlier, I think would be another one that would go really well uh, with some of my sausages on the grill.
1: I like the I like the Kolsch idea, and I I saw that, and I was like, somebody was talking about that, and I, that sounds beautiful to me. It with the cheddar sausage, I would I'd consider a uh, a lambic to go with that. Actually, I, I would kind of that just came to mind as you were talking about. I'm like, ooh ooh, that would be fun. So I think there's potential yeah. there.
0: I won't argue with that at all, man. I definitely think that that uh, that could be a good pairing there, and you know, Tyler. Tyler just mentioned some jalapeno and cheese sausage, and absolutely, that's actually something we're going to mention a little bit later. That's great. That seems to be a popular combo, too. I've seen more places with, you know, the jalapeno and cheese sausage there. Kind of like, hey, I love what you put on those nachos. Could you put
1: that inside of meat, inside of a casing with some meat? Because that would be great. We could lose the
0: chips. So just <laughs> that's it. Put them on the side. Put them on exactly. the side. There There you go. But you know, there's a lot of other things you could get into that would that would be really good. One, you know, an, an interesting one. Brian, you put this meat on here, to, and I think you did it to make me think. But you mentioned gator, yeah, and that was something that we had gone to. The nest used to do a smoked gator at their Fourth of July. They did, unfortunately, announce they're dropping the gator. That it, it's a tough meat to smoke. And, and a lot of times, even the best efforts, it doesn't turn out great. But uh, for Gator, Brian, I'm saying a, a wit beer. You know, the Gator's kind of light. It's pretty mild. Got just a little bit of seafood character. And I think kind of the spicy, fruity, citrusy notes of a wit beer would pair up well if you had some Gator on your grill there. So uh, alternatively, maybe a Saison for similar reasons there. You know what? Give you a little twist of orange peel. Uh, pour you a Saison, do a little spritz, kind of like a cocktail. And I think the citrus notes would pair up well there. So that's uh, your burgers and dogs. Classic burgers and dogs, guys. I think that uh, get you an IPA, get you a DIPA. Uh, grab your micro lager if that you know floats your boat there. This is just America here. Get you an American light lager. Get you a Beeps from Three Taverns mm-hmm. in Decatur, right. Georgia. You know, just a good old classic lager there. That's going to do well. And uh, you know, I'm not. I, I'm not even going to mention these. Brian, your t- there's some side dishes on here. Yeah. And I think you may want to talk potato salad because that gave you a chance to mention a dill pickle goes. right.
1: Yeah. That's. I was thinking about potato salad. It was tough to find anybody. Uh, I was thinking about like hard to find a recommendation. And I was thinking, what do you put on it? What do you put on? It's like, ah, oh, there's bacon. You could get something. Maybe smoky, but that might be too much for a potato salad. I'm like, oh my goodness, like uh, not every style of it, but a lot of them have pickles in it, like, hey, dill pickle goza there there are a bunch of them out there now, they're popular, and I'm like, even if your potato salad doesn't have it in it, it is complementary to the potato salad, and it's a little salty potato salt, you know, like everything about that it just works for me. I haven't tried it, but i I believe it could be a a wonderful thing, so
0: dill That's pickle little...
1: goza potato salad,
0: okay all right brian that's your recommendation we won't argue with you there uh that's uh that's a one a once in a uh maybe not once in a lifetime but an uncommon combo there may not fit for the masses but could be that's good what known for. See, i don't ever think about pairing with side dishes because i'm going to have a meat accompaniment there so i don't think about pairing with a a mac and cheese or a potato salad or or whatever you have you you know uh Maybe baked beans, baked beans get a pretty intense, but again, yeah. I'm going to have a chunk of meat next to my baked beans. It's mm-hmm. unlikely that I'm just going to be eating uh, the baked beans there. That is a fair
1: point because this won't be, you're not in an environment where there are courses that come out at, a, at different times. So it's not like a fancy yeah. restaurant. So right. those pairings that I got that in my head, what I was thinking about, it. what if we isolate it? Like that would be a fun thing for the nest to do like a multi-course thing, barbecue yeah. Pair, yeah. thing with pairings the whole way through. And they, they do something like that at a different time of the year, but it's not strictly kind of the, uh, the Americana barbecue style of things. So yeah, that would be fun, but, uh, probably excessive to, to get to that level. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. never know w- what people might do. And uh maybe maybe when you're at the the backyard thing and you're with a with a buddy who doesn't do well in the grill and just burns everything, you're like, "You know what? At least I can eat the potato salad. Let me get one of them goses. Let me get that potato salad. I'm good."
0: <laughs> You'll be set. All good. Y'all, we want to take a quick minute to give a shout out to our sponsors. After this, we're going to talk about some regional differences in barbecues there. So, we want to thank our friends at uh, the at Terrapin Brewery, Atlanta, just returned as a sponsor of the show and we greatly appreciate it there. And you know we're speaking of barbecue here. Brian, as you know, you can get your fill of both at the Terrapin yeah. Brewery Atlanta because they have partnered with uh, they have partnered with Fox Brothers barbecue, which is available right there at the Terrapin Brewery tap room. You can get all the good stuff there so you can get beer, baseball, barbecue. it's all the bees like you mentioned earlier. So you can basically get everything that you need there. Uh, If you're wondering if they're going to have something on tap that you may enjoy, a few of the recent untapped check-ins, Hopsecutioner, their American IPA, Love is Love Hefeweizen, uh, that's a great summer beer there. Cerveza, a Mexican-style lager, which is, I don't know if we mentioned that one yet, but that's a great, very summery beer. Nate, kind of what you're sipping on, a little dose of Mm -hmm. quiche with lime there. Uh, But yeah, so those are some, and Brian, Frenchie's Blues, and if you didn't know this, Brian, if you didn't know this, Nate, Frenchie's Blues was brewed as a collaboration with former Braves player Jeff Francoeur, and they used blueberries from his family farm. So, this good is a Tardale with blueberries in there, fruited sour. So, you know, make sure you go down, and you check out Terrapin Brewery Atlanta at the battery. It's going to be a good time. Tyler Smur just mentioned for his size green beans with bacon, and Tyler, perfect timing to mention that because. The green beans at Fox Brothers at the Terrapin Brewery are stellar. They got some potatoes in there, some barbecue meat, green beans, brisket, beer, baseball, barbecue, beans, everything you need at the Terrapin Brewery Atlanta.
1: Those were some of my favorite beans that I've ever had, and there was a big, big chunk of meat in there. So they were crossing the line a little bit of, of what beans are.
0: That's right. But, you got like all meat and like one bean in yours, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, that's a yes. nice side of beans. Like this
1: is fantastic. But the uh, the uh, the 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 brine was very you know green beanie. So it like I had it. I had the element there, but I just eating meat with the hint of, of green beans to it. Very enjoyable. I, I I like it a great deal. But you know who else has some great summer barbecue beers on tap right now? If you were about to say truck and tap, you're right. Uh, I'm talking about beers like every Everybody Weather, everybody weather, a Bright American Wheat Ale from Creature Comforts that's now on tap at the Woodstock location of Truck and Tap, or maybe you would uh, prefer a Czech Pilsner from Green Bench on a side pole tap at the Duluth location. Both of those are very good choices. As for the barbecue, that's b- barbecue part, excuse me, that's where it gets interesting. Just kidding. Uh, they have barbecue truck in their regular rotation, so... They have a barbecue truck coming through their locations on a regular basis. If you want to know exactly when and where that's going to happen, check the website, truckandtap.com. It has a complete uh, list of their beers and their food trucks at all three locations, Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Pick the one that's right for you and have a great time at Truck and Tap.
0: Always a great time at Truck and Tap. Indeed. That is for sure.
1: All right, Tim. So I think it's time for us to get into different barbecue styles I think you've got some information about that.
0: Brian, this is a heated topic. This is a hot topic wherever you are. People are very passionate about the barbecue. So I want to throw a disclaimer out up front that even with each region, there can be disagreements on the quote-unquote right way to do something. Uh, Even within each state, there can be regional differences, especially within Texas, such a large state. We're going to give you a thousand-foot view. We're going to give you what the Internet says. This is the basics of this style, this region, but know that it can vary there. And if you hear something that we say that makes you angry, because if you're passionate about barbecue, we know you're sensitive, and that could be easy to do, let us know. We'll be happy to correct it. But for the most point, this is kind of a guideline of the regional styles, and they can each have their own variants. And I think one of the ones that I think people know the most is Texas, Texas barbecue. Uh it's it's a very beefy, you know, brisket is king out there. Uh mesquite or oak wood smoke typically on an offset smoker when they make that. And many pitmasters like to just season with salt and pepper. You know, a lot of places do a dry rub spice mix and get it going. Brian, you know this from steak. Salt, pepper, a good cut of meat, and a good sear on that steak, medium rare, and that's really all you need there. So the Pitmasters are the same way. Salt it, pepper it, smoke it good and you're going to have you some juicy tasty delicious brisket. So, uh although brisket is king, you're going to find most meats down there. They're going to do some pork. There's going to be sausage, you know, there will be chicken. Uh, but brisket is the is the king there.
1: Are they the ones that do the giant beef ribs that are really enjoyable too? Is that a I, is that a big Texas thing?
0: I don't know if that's a big Texas thing, but I would say that you know everything's bigger in Texas, so that wouldn't surprise me in the least if they throw down this big uh, Dino style ribs the uh yeah. the Fred Flintstone uh beef short ribs so yeah for <laughs> sure uh I think probably the next one that's the most well known Kansas City style and you hear Kansas City style a lot of a lot of the time it is uh a hybrid of Texas and Memphis, and we'll cover Memphis style in just a bit I think Kansas City probably on the hierarchy there is a little better known than the Memphis style. Uh, but it's known for a variety of meats that they've got there. There's pork, there's beef, there's chicken, there's salt, so- there's sausage, uh, barbecue sauces are typically a tomato based. Uh, but they can be sweet, spicy, or tangy. And a lot of times served on the side there. So for Memphis, it is known for its sweet, smoky flavor. When I lived in Arkansas, I was about an hour from Memphis and they had a huge barbecue competition there each May as part of the Memphis and May festivity. So, that was a big thing there. You see pork a lot. Pork is big in Memphis style there. Smoked over hickory or oak wood. And again, this is another one that you could be served with a, a tomato-based kind of sauce that's you know, kind of sweet and tangy there. Uh, I like sauce on my barbecue. And barbecue purists, a lot of times, they don't want that there. I think one exception may be like North Carolina style because the sauce is kind of the definitive part of the Carolina barbecue. They use a vinegar-based sauce. And uh, we had, uh, when I was in Arkansas, we had a barbecue place there that was one of the better known and better liked ones in town that used a Carolina-style, North Carolina-style barbecue. And their sauce was really just a jar of vinegar. You know, on a salad bar, the little square oil and vinegar shakers have the little silver cap on them? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they put their sauce in that, and it was really just a a vinegar with a a bunch of different spices on there. So, and it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. They had, they called it slaw, but it was really just cabbage with some vinegar on it. So you'd get your chopped pork, you'd put your cabbage slaw in there, shake on some of that spiced vinegar and, you know, good stuff there. Excellent, excellent stuff. So, um, yeah, Memphis, Kansas city, again, North Carolina has got their vinegar based sauces. It can be thin or thicker. I have typically seen the thinner ones and my dad is a North Carolina boy. And I know that's what he considered the Carolina barbecue was the actual vinegar based, you know, kind of come out of a shaker uh, type of sauce there. Um, South Carolina, similar to North Carolina, but known for mustard based sauce. So South Carolina has mustard based sauce. And ah, that's
1: where they come from. Okay.
0: Yeah. And you know, Georgia, one thing I have to say about Georgia barbecue were the, the mutt of the barbecue world. We're influenced by all these different styles. And if you go to a barbecue place here, you're very likely to see a sweet sauce, a spicy sauce, a vinegar sauce, and a mustard sauce on the table. And I got to throw a special mention out there to Alabama and the Alabama white sauce, kind of a a one-off variant there, but it's like mayo, vinegar, and spices. And typically they will smoke the chicken, and then once the chicken's done, they actually dip it in that white sauce, you know, just give it a good old dip a dip there. And that's, you know, that's popular there. There's places here that offer... The, the Nest has an Alabama white sauce that you can get with your there, as well as several other different barbecue sauces. Uh, I think although no one place is really known for sausage, it's an excellent addition to barbecue. And as we were talking about earlier, Tyler, when you brought up the jalapeno and cheese sausage, that's a variant we see around a lot. You may just have it a good old smoked beef sausage. You may have a smoked pork sausage, andouille sausage. And sometimes, man, I go out, that's what I'm going for is some good uh you know good sausage there so always love to see that on there. Um Brian Brunswick stew. And I see you got some cuz I think that's one thing that that says Georgia barbecue. We may be a blend yeah. of all these other styles, but if you go to a barbecue place in Georgia, you're going to get some Brunswick stew. What's what is Brunswick stew?
1: Okay. So Brunswick stew, I went to Wikipedia because I was not 100% sure. I I was introduced to this Years ago when I first came here, I was told when I was introduced to it that it comes from one of the Carolinas, like North Carolina. And I, oh, okay, I had, I'm from the Northwest. I had no idea. I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And I was like, oh, this is really good. So Wikipedia says Brunswick stew is a tomato-based stew generally involving local beans, lima beans a lot of times, uh, vegetables, and originally it was small game meat such as squirrel or rabbit, and today it is often chicken. The exact location of the stew is disputed. The states of Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia all claim its birth, with Brunswick County in Virginia and the city of Brunswick in Georgia both claiming it was developed there. They also say that today chicken and rabbit are more common in Virginia. Pork, which is what I see in it, is more common in Georgia. And only in recent years, Eastern North Carolina-style pulled pork uh, barbecue may be found in it as well. So, uh, it's It's got regional differences, and everybody claims that they they made it up. So it's a, – it's a, it. A, but I, it does feel very Georgia to
0: me. Yeah, you know? and I think that may be because I was introduced to it as a Georgia thing. Hey, this, if you go for Georgia barbecue, this is a Georgia thing, and it was attributed to Brunswick, Georgia. Hey, this is where it started. And I've seen it with actually all the barbecue meats. I've had it before mm-hmm. where it's had chunks of pork, chicken, and some brisket in there. Typically, corn, lima beans. I've seen green beans. You'll see chunks of diced tomatoes along with that. And typically, you know, there's a broth of some sort that they put on there. And then a lot of places will throw some of their barbecue sauce in there, you know, some of their Mm. sweet sauce to give a little tang to it. But uh, I have to say I'm a fan of Brunswick stew. And the the places that do it, the broth is there almost more to keep moisture in it because the stew is, is hearty. Oh yeah, it's yeah. mostly going to be about the meats and the veggies, with a, just enough broth there to kind of hold everything together as a and keep it warm.
1: It's like a container of gravy for various meats and, and vegetables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: just 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 get us enough juice there to keep everything wet and warm.
1: That is definitely one of my favorite things to order in my default order, and I don't think we've we've talked about it when I go to a barbecue place. Is I always get the brisket and I always get the smoked sausages if they have one, and mm. uh, Brunswick stew is frequently one I get or green beans. So. These are these are very relevant to my interests. So Yeah.
0: We should do a barbecue tour. That's just yeah. out and you know we could video it, maybe get a sponsor to, you know, tell them that we're doing it for them when we're really just going to gorge <laughs> ourselves on barbecue and beer. <laughs> That's right. What a yeah. great opportunity it'll be for them. We'll get one of those Sprinter vans. Yes. we will. put some branding on the side. So I mean, we know people in Texas, the Carolinas, Memphis, so we are we're, we'll we'll make friends in Kansas City. We'll make this happen. Mm-hmm. BGR works for barbecue. Barbecue yeah, guys, radio. <laughs> we run. Yeah, that's right. We can we can make this happen for sure. We for could probably sure. turn
1: the logo into a grill. I mean, it's got Easily. the great, on yeah. it. I think it would be pretty yeah. easy to mm-hmm. like, turn the the hop cone into like a a pile of charcoal that's smoldering or something like. Yeah. that. we'll this double down.
0: Yeah. yeah, we'll double down. We're coming for you, Tyler. We're, we're staying at your house when we come there. FYI, yeah, we'll come to exactly Texas. Right. So that's, Stephen, we live in Georgia, but we'll come by. We're going to stay at your house too. There's got to be some barbecue (laughs) Uh by So stay at everybody's house. Stay at your house there. You can hang out in the Sprinter van with us. There'll be beer. That's for sure. (laughs) So now, Brian, this was something that surprised me. If I was to, if I was to be asked America's most barbecue obsessed city, I think probably, I would probably come with like Austin, Texas, or, you know, somewhere in Texas would be my thing or Kansas city. But, man, you've got some mind-blowing info for us here.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. So it's the most obsessed city, not necessarily the one known for a particular barbecue style. I'll, I'll lay that out because I know people are going to be angry about this. I didn't know this. I went and found it. I did some Googling, and according to a study di- done by bidonequipment.com, they ask that you mention them if you cite their study. So okay. it feels right, fair, fair to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, they arrived, uh, they say that Atlanta is America's most barbecue-obsessed city, and they've arrived at this at their rankings, with us being on top, uh, by analyzing Google searches using 2,121 search terms, including stuff like phrases like barbecue near me and barbecue recipes and the best barbecue near me. There's like over 2,000 of these things. And they did it over a period from February of 2022 to February of 2023, uh, and they used that total search volume during that period, and they calculated per capita uh, to kind of level the playing field uh, between varying size cities. So the, the big cities didn't just you know trump the, uh, the small ones just by virtue of being bigger. And uh, so, yeah, Atlanta's number one on that list. Number two is Kansas City, Missouri. Number three is Tampa, Florida, which you might not have expected. Number four is Minneapolis, Minnesota, and number five is Las Vegas of all things. So that's uh, when you go to when you go to play when you go to gamble, you, you
0: want barbecue, apparently. So, uh, I, what do you think of this list? Is this, Brian, uh... Brian Brian? So okay, when it comes to similar lists for things with beer, like I saw one recently, the best cities for beer lovers, and they said that their criteria was like the number of breweries per capita. Uh, The number of bars per capita and the average cost for a drink in these bars. Um, Using those criteria is going to skew things a lot, depending on the population of the city. For one, when these places look at Atlanta, they look at Atlanta proper. For those not in Atlanta, the population of Atlanta proper is like 400,000 people. The population of the greater metro area is 6 million. So it's it's a huge difference there. And if you look in the metro area, it brings a lot of other things in. So the thing is, is the criteria that they are going to use to say that some place is the best beer city or the place is the most barbecue obsessed may not be the same criteria that barbecue lovers or beer fans are going to use. Mm. The list are fun to look at. We do love our barbecue here. No doubt. We've got Fat Matt's Rib Shack that was made famous in that one George Clooney movie, or it's famous before that, but was... Given a shout out in the George Clooney movie, we got Fox Brothers Barbecue here. That's just an iconic Southern barbecue place. There's Williamson Brothers. We have a lot of places here that are known to do really good barbecue. So we're we're about it. You know? I think
1: they specifically mentioned like Sweet Auburn and uh, yeah, okay. Das Barbecue. I think is are, two of the other ones. Yeah, we've got
0: DBA Barbecue here. Yep. So yeah, okay. I think that we probably we do up some barbecue, and I would I would defend Georgia barbecue as being very solid. Uh, maybe they're right, maybe they're right, Brian. But I just feel like a city who has like a barbecue organization like Kansas City and they certify people to judge barbecue and all that may have a little bit more obsessiveness than Atlanta, George.
1: Mm-hmm. The strongest argument for this is is Atlanta has to do this Googling. It is an obsession to find good barbecue, because I do spend a fair amount of time trying to find good barbecue, I think, and uh, going to barbecue. But if you're at a place where everybody does their own barbecue, they're not Googling how to where's mm-hmm. the best barbecue. Yeah. They know where it is. It's in their backyard on their smoker. So that See? is the one fallacy. If you're an expert already at barbecuing, you won't be out there googling where to find mm-hmm. the next the best barbecue. You won't need to. So it is skewed by that. But I do like that we're uh, that Atlanta's number one on that. And so. see
0: again, as our resident Texas fan here, Tyler in yeah. Texas, he's <laughs> like, our high schools have barbecue teams. And he's like, what are you talking about, Atlanta? You can't claim that we're we're slinging Q in high school here. I am gonna say that this was a study
1: done by bitequipment.com. That's fine. you can yeah. You can send them your hate mail. Please don't don't, yeah. don't, don't harass them. These are don't. you know
0: what? These are fun, man. Yeah. It's fun to look at these lists and and you know some of them like the best beer list or the best beer cities I always get out there and I see these things and I'll think, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I'm like, I don't know what they were thinking there. Kind of think that's the purpose of some of those lists is mm-hmm. to it generates engagement, it generates chatter. Guys, we're running close to an hour. We like to keep the show around an hour there. So we're going to throw out a list of unusual things you can smoke. If you're sick of brisket, if you're sick of chicken, if you're sick of ribs or burgers or dogs or sausage, maybe you want to throw a block of cheese on the grill, you know? And I tried that one time. And because I am a complete and total (laughs) idiot, I didn't think about the fact that it's cold smoked when you do cheese. So I just melted a bunch of cheese into my coals (laughs) on my grill. But I did successfully smoke salt, which was delicious And it's excellent to add to any kind of meat. Eggs with a little smoked salt on them is really good. So that's a great Mm -hmm. one. Uh, Brian, I saw you found olives as a suggestion on there. That would make a nice charcuterie tray. Get you a good saison. uh, You know, a table beer saison, beer de garde, charcuterie tray with some smoked cheeses and smoked olives and smoked meat. Smoke the whole tray. Put the whole tray on there. Yes. Just Mm -hmm. put the whole tray on there. Cold smoke the entire tray, beer included. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can smoke some tomatoes. You can smoke eggs, mac and cheese if you want to. Smoked cocktails. I'd be curious how to do that on the smoker. But Brian, did you ever get a chance to use your little individual cocktail smoker? I had. I did use that one
1: time, and I thought it was it was fun. You you you, you yeah. put a, a cover over mm-hmm. your. Uh, your cocktail and it pipes in a little bit of smoke and it imparts some smoke flavor to it. Yeah. I've I, Of all the things on here, cause I'm not very grill friendly myself or cooking right. friendly or you know, like around sharp utensils at all. Uh, the only thing I've done is the smoke cocktail and I I like it. I would, I would okay. do it again if, if it occurred to me. So uh, yeah. I think it's a good thing. And I, Ooh, the smoked olives, man, I would I that really, sounds
0: w- good. I'm down with that for yeah, sure. I really want that one. And that, you know, they mentioned condiments, your mustard, your ketchup, your hot sauce. I think that would be great as well. This is one, Brian, that you said they call it the Oklahoma prime rib. but According to one site, yes. Get you, I think they call it a chub of bologna, which is just an awesome name, but, you know, a big old <laughs> chunk, a log of bologna and smoke that. Uh, I think the Oklahoma prime rib style, they kind of score it. So you some hatch marks in there so the, the smoke can get down in there. But. When I lived in Arkansas, we had a little gas station at the state line with Missouri that did this. And when you go over there, they would take that huge log that they did, and they'd slice off a piece. I'm thinking an inch thick here as I'm trying to remember it. And then they would throw that on the grill and kind of hit both sides after they'd smoked it. And then they would slather it with barbecue sauce and put it on just like white bread. And people would drive, you know, the 10, 15 miles to the state line there to get that. It's not fancy. It's not gourmet. But smoked bologna is pretty good, man. It's pretty good. I would, I would try it. it.
1: The, uh, I like, mm-hmm. I, I would like to just see what it looks like because the, the big thick chunk, and then they, they score it to give it extra, yeah, area for the, the smoke to penetrate. So it would have a really interesting appearance as well. But yeah, the, I, would I would eat it.
0: I mean, I've had score fried bologna, may. and I thought
1: that was fine. I would do smoked bologna or mortadella. Or whatever,
0: you know? Yeah. I think Mortadella has, uh like, fattier, maybe? Or the that <laughs> it's more fatty chunks that you may get, yeah. uh, may melt in there a bit, a bit more. But I'd try it. Either way. Good stuff. Either you guys have any other suggestions, it whether for your summer beers or your barbecue or both? Nate, um, any parting thoughts here?
2: So in this list, I see that you actually have uh, mace as an unusual thing to smoke. I've um, looked that. into this before, so it's okay. not—it's not actually ice. What you're doing is you're infusing smoke into water, and then you're freezing it into ice.
0: Okay, I
2: figured that um, may be
0: what it was—smoke yeah. water.
2: So technically,
1: the article I read about it—they actually told you to put the uh, ice cube tray full of ice in a cold smoker, and it, presumably, okay. it's actually a metal tray. It would melt the ice, but effectively, you're infusing water and then refreezing it. So yes, you are smoking water, and. At that point, maybe you could just even put a drop of liquid smoke in a bunch of water and then put it in an ice cube tray. But that's not fun, right? No, I mean that's no, no fun.
0: Man. Convenient, but not fun. <laughs> make it as hard as possible. Put it in the tray, yes. freeze it. Put the frozen tray on. Let it melt it, then refreeze it. Exactly. Or, or just smoke some water.
1: Do it while wearing a leather apron too. You know, yeah. you, mm-hmm. you got to go handlebar mustache. You got to make these things as difficult as possible. So Absolutely. it's important.
0: Yeah, so y'all, summertime, 4th of July weekend, fireworks going to be going down. We hope you have a good barbecue. We hope you drink some good summer beers. If we missed any, let us know. Because if there is a beer we need to be drinking this summer that we haven't thought of, we definitely want to know it. So we're definitely going to do our share of barbecue. We're going to do our share of beer throughout the summer. We hope you get a lot of the same. So. Y'all, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio show. If you want more craft beer info, make sure to follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what we're doing here, please do support us on Patreon. We have some cool perks. We also have a members-only Discord where we plan shows. We talk about pocket knives and cheese and just all kinds of stuff. We'd love to have you join us there. So, once again, we thank you for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers.